Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook-hoarding, literacy teacher educator on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast, a podcast where we explore the power of reading and writing to cultivate a life we love. Each week, I offer a bit of bibliotherapy and share three books you need to know about on a bookish theme to fuel our reading hearts and help us grow through what we go through. But that's not all. I also invite you to extend those bookish themes into your own life through notebooking, lifelong learning, and creativity to experience the life-changing magic of reading in our lives. And the best part? Each episode is only 20 minutes or less, so you can spend less time listening and more time reading. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Get Literate podcast. I'm Stephanie Afanito, and I'm starting this episode off with a question for you. What do you do with all of your books? So if you're anything like me, you have books everywhere. Sure, there might be a dedicated bookshelf for all of those books, but that bookshelf might be overflowing. My own has beautiful books lined up and then stacked on top and balanced in the front and falling all over the place. Maybe you have a bedside table where your stack is growing. Maybe you have a bag, a bin, a wicker basket, what, whatever works for you. I want to know, what do you do with all your books? And what do you do when you have to make space for more? So I have tried a couple of different things over the years to make my book collection a little bit more manageable. Now, I definitely keep most of the books that I buy. I mean, I buy them for a reason. I want to hang on to them. But I've tried to get better at weeding out my library just a little bit and finding a new home for some of the books that maybe I haven't read yet or I read and they just didn't go straight to my heart. So sometimes I donate books off of my shelf to classrooms and to libraries. Sometimes I go to free little libraries around my neighborhood and I'll purposely fill those with books that I don't have room for on my shelf. I love gifting books to other readers, especially those that I know will find the book to be exactly what they need right now. So I I love being a book fairy in that way. And one thing that I've been considering doing, because I'm a little bit jealous of the pictures I see online, is creating some sort of mystery date project on Etsy with the books that I have not read or I'm ready to send to their next forever home. Now, a mystery book date is when you purchase a book, usually you pick the genre, And someone on the other side of the computer sends you a book they think you would like. Sometimes you fill out a questionnaire. Sometimes you give them your Goodreads profile and they look at books that you might want from their collection. And then they package it up beautifully and send it on its way so that when it arrives to you, you get this beautiful package in the mail that is a surprise book, which is always a wonderful thing to get through snail mail. But I keep saying I want to do it, and then I just never seem to make the time. But this week, I discovered 
Pango Books. Pango is an online marketplace for readers to buy and sell books. It reminds me of the app Poshmark, but instead of selling clothes and shoes, we're selling used books. Now, it seemed like it would be much faster and easier of a process to sell my books than selling them as a mystery book on Etsy, and it would give readers exactly what they want because my fear was I would have missed their Goodreads profile or I would have sent them a book they already had or did not like, and that didn't set well with me. But Pango Books, if I were to put my books that I was ready to let go of on there, readers know exactly what they're getting, which means it's a win-win for both of us. So I gave it a try. It was a quick and easy download. Just search for Pango Books in the App Store. I downloaded it to my phone. And all you have to do, once you've gathered the books you're willing to let go of, of course, is snap a picture of the cover, scan the barcode on the back, Pango adds all of the book details for you that it knows from the barcode, and then you add in a quick little description, a couple of hashtags, a little bit of information. You set your price, you list it, and you're done. That's it. Super quick and easy. So I did add a bunch of books to my very first Pango Books account, but I have got to tell you, that was a hard process. I mean, how do you decide what books stay, what books go, what books are you willing to part with, and what books won't you even let someone borrow because you need to see it on your shelf? Now, earlier in the year, I did write a blog post on how to joyfully weed your library or joyfully weed your bookshelf. But for me, honestly, it's always a struggle. I went back to my own posts. I went back to my own process and I decided to call some books that were ready for the next reader. How did I do it? Well, I had a couple of considerations. I looked at the books and decided, okay, are they hardcover or softcover? For some reason, I have a really difficult time parting with hardcover books. I just love the feel of them. I love to see them on the shelf. So that was a factor. I also looked at, was it a book that was gifted to me or did I buy it myself? I tend to hang on to those gifted books because they mean something to me more than a book perhaps that I was just buying on a whim that I added to my bookshelf. I also look to see if the author signed the book or not. I am lucky enough to go to reading and literacy and book conferences where the authors are there signing their books to give away. And I have lots of those books on my shelves. They're not going anywhere. They are special and important to me. I also looked at, did I read the book yet? Or has it been on my shelf for a long time? If I've read it, I had to decide if it was one that I wanted to keep close to my reading heart or if I wanted to part with it. And if I didn't read it yet, I needed to be honest with myself. How long has it been there on my shelf? Am I really going to read it or do I just say that I'm going to read it? And so I had to ask myself those kinds of questions as I decided what stayed and what went. Another feature I look for is what I've done inside the book. Did I annotate the book in any way? Do I have lots of book darts on the pages, which are my favorite way to track my reading? Do I have sticky notes stuck inside those pages? If I did, I knew that was a book that spoke to me somehow, and I would likely either want to reference it later 
or I would just want to keep it. And that brings me to my last thing, my, my last qualifier of how I decide if a book stays or goes. And that's a gut check. When I think of donating this, if I think of selling it and taking off of my shelf and never to see it again, if I like have that gut instinct of, oh no, 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 I love this one. Someone else might want this one who I care about. I listen to that gut check and I keep it on the shelf. So as you imagine, as I go through that list of qualifiers, it can be really hard for me to let go of books, but I constantly remind myself that I'm letting go of books to make room for more books that might matter to me even more than these. So throughout that process, I came up with a bunch of books that I now have listed on my very own Pango Books account. You can find me there at Affinito Lit if you want to see some of the things that I'm listing. And I thought today I would feature three books that I put on Pango. One middle grade title, one young adult title, and one adult title. So here we go. The middle grade selection I first put on Pango is Pippa Park Raises Her Game by Erin Yoon. I wish you could see this cover. This is such a beautiful, inviting middle grade cover. It's bright it pops. There is a lovely middle schooler with a big smile on her face in front of her locker that is all done up as middle schoolers like to do, but then with a basketball at her foot. So we get this nice comparison of what's going on in this character's life and what this book might be about. It's just a very, very inviting book. The words inside the book are just as inviting. It's a I would say a typical middle grade novel where there is a very relatable character that has some sort of complication to work through, whether that's a complication in family, in school, in friendship, maybe even crushes. That's typically what we see in middle grade books. And this book gives us a couple of those complications to think about. Complications that are important for adults to read too. So it's about Pippa. She is a new scholarship student at this posh private school called Lakeview. And she's a bit of a mysterious scholarship student because Pippa doesn't know where the scholarship came from. She doesn't know why she's been asked to attend this school. And so she's a little bit confused, a little bit hesitant. She loves all things basketball. She was a star at her previous public school team. And so she tries to fit into her new school by staying true to herself, by staying true to her basketball and figuring out a new path in this new building, in this new life, essentially. But it's a lot harder than she thought. Pippa has been so used to doing everything that others want her to do. And it's been a little bit hard for her to forge her own way, but she does so with what she calls the rules of rules of cool. And that means being her best self academically, being her best self on the court, being her best self with her old friends and her new friends, while at the same time hiding her secret, which is that her family owns a laundromat and doesn't have nearly as much money as her new friends in this posh school. Things are going pretty well. She's living the rules of cool. She's keeping her family's laundromat a secret, but she then starts to get some pretty hateful social media messages. And 
those social media messages start to get her to question the real reason she got into Lakewood, or I'm sorry, Lakeview, and wonders if she should even bother with her rules of cool and trying to be her best self in this new space. So there's definitely a bit of additional drama to the family school friendship complications that comes through at the end that really sets this book apart. It earned 4.22 stars overall on Goodreads, and I gave it a five-star review myself because I connected with this book. I thought the author did a wonderful job handling all the situations that come up. And even though I'm an adult reading a middle school book, it kept me on my toes. So I think that this book is ready for the next middle school reader who can relate to Pippa, who can relate to her struggle to fit in to a new situation, to her love of basketball, and maybe even some complications at home or on social media. So that was Pippa Park Raises Her Game by Erin Yoon. My second book to share is a young adult selection called Some Kind of Animal by Maria Romasco Moore. Now, I also wish you could see this cover because it makes me want to close my eyes. I am not a thriller reader, and this is a thriller. The cover on this book gives me goosebumps when I look at it because it is a cover that has a real photograph on the front, a little bit pixelated, but it has this real sense of, of doom to it that I typically do not read. So this was a book that's been on my shelf for a while that I haven't read, that had to be honest with myself. Are you going to read it, Stephanie? <laughs> and the chances of me reading it anytime soon are very small because of those goosebumps I get when I look at the cover. So let me read you the back since I have not read this and can't pass along my recommendation. She was here in the daylight. She is breaking all her own rules. She is going to finish what she started. Joe lives in the same tiny Appalachian town where her mother disappeared 15 years ago. Everyone knows what happens to Joe's mom. She was wild and bad things happen to girls like that. Now people are starting to talk about Joe. She's barely passing her classes and falls asleep at her desk every day. She's following in her mom's footsteps. But Joe does have a secret. It's not what people think, though. Not a boy or a drug habit. Joe has a twin sister. Joe's sister is not like most people. She lives in the woods, catches rabbits with her bare hands, and eats them raw. Night after night, Joe slips out her bedroom window and meets her sister in the trees. And together they run fearlessly. The thing is, no one's ever seen Joe's sister. So when her twin attacks a boy from town, everyone assumes that it was Joe, which means Joe has to decide. Does she tell the world about her sister or does she run? Oh, got more goosebumps. Now, could I read this book? Yes. Might I like it? Yeah, pretty possibly. Will it stretch me as a reader? Definitely. But there are so many books and so little time that this one just hasn't made it to the top of my TBR list. Now, there were lots of good reviews on Goodreads. Raiders left words like surprising, unconventional, haunting, and supernatural. 
but this is a book that I don't think is for me after all. And I know that books will wait patiently, patiently for me, but I'd rather move this along to the next reader who will enjoy it a lot sooner. That's Some Kind of Animal, Animal by Maria Romasco Moore. Now, third up is my adult selection. This is Now That You Mention It by Kristen Higgins. So this was actually the first Kristen Higgins book I have ever read, but she is a loved author by many and has written prolifically. She has the Blue Heron series, Gideon's Cove series, and she has singular titles like Life and Other Inconveniences, Too Good to Be True, If You Only Knew, All I Ever Wanted, and much, much more. So I want to read to you the review that I actually wrote on Goodreads to give you a sense of what I thought about this particular book. And then I'll talk about it just a second more. Here we go. Do you believe you find books when you need them? I do. That's why I think I read Now That You Mention It by Kristen Higgins at just the right time. And while I did not get run over by a van, escape a home invasion, or rebuild my life on a main island, Nora taught me about resilience, about finding yourself, and about discovering who and what it is we want to remain connected to. Whether it was dealing with her own childhood trauma, her complicated family relationships, or the meddling of small town folks, Nora bravely conquered it all, finding herself and maybe even love in the process. Higgins did not tiptoe around incredibly complex topics and potential triggers for some but she did so with a heartwarming, lovely, and quite enjoyable way. This was the first Kristen Higgins book I've read, but you can bet I'll be going through her backlist now. You can tell that I love this. I gave it a five star. I love a good family drama. I love a good finding yourself kind of book. I love a book that I can learn from, and I certainly got that from Nora. She made some unexpected changes that it may have seemed like led her to a smaller life, but actually became a bigger one in the process. So we'll have to see who else needs this book right now and grabs it on Pango. So those are my three books. And I have to tell you the entire process of listing books on Pango was really beneficial to my reading life. It, it made me think about my books, the kind of reader I am and I want to be, what my reading life looks like right now, what I want to hold on to, what I want to let go of. And so that's what I want for you this week. Your challenge to bring this bookish theme to life in your actual life is to think about a couple of books you might let go of to make room for more of what you love and want next. So see if you can find three books this week from your bookshelves or wherever you have all of your books kept. Find three books, three books you could donate, three books you could put in a free little library, three books that you could gift to someone else, or if you're intrigued like I was, three books that you could put on Pango. I'm going to link to my blog post in the show notes that shows you how to joyfully weed through your bookshelves in case that's helpful. But I think this bookish lesson is also a really good life lesson. What can we let go of to make more space for what matters most? So there's your challenge. I would love for you to share the three books you ended up letting go of and 
paid forward to the next reader. So as always, go ahead and comment on the show notes at alitlife.com or find me on your favorite social media platform. I'm Afanito Lit on all of the channels and would love to see the books that you're letting go of to make room for more of what you want most. Have a great rest of the week and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at www.alitlife.com. You'll also find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life there, like book lists, notebooking ideas, personalized book recommendations, and an invitation to join my Get Literate members community. Each month, we take a deep dive into one bookish theme and work to bring it to life in our own lives. You'll get a monthly bibliotherapy book calendar with a book recommendation for every day of the month, bonus episodes, live book club sessions, and much more. Learn more at www.getliterate.co.